Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Hall 115 Yards Women's Football Podcast. My name is Freya, and joining me on this pod is my lovely friend, Lindsay. How are you doing, apart from dying a little bit? <laughs> um, yeah, I went to football and I got the um, inauguration um, logie from uh, the team. So thanks, everybody that went. Um, nice to be part of the uh, clan and accepted. How are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. You've got fresh as flu, but just open and weekend flu instead. Yeah. <laughs> so what we'll do, um, this podcast is going to probably be nice and brief, so you can crawl back into bed and hopefully feel better very, very soon. Um, so yeah, so you mentioned the match there. Now, we are going to talk about the Villa game, of course, in lots of detail. But before we get sidetracked, I think we should have a little look at the other results from game week one. Okay, so we did some predictions, didn't we, um, in our last episode. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, please do. Uh, we looked really in depth at the transfer window. Um, and yeah, we made some predictions. So we said Brighton were going to be our dark horses for the season with their exciting new signings. And they looked phenomenal now i know because you've been ill you haven't watched that much but i know you've heard some bits and pieces seen some highlights so brighton were i watched this one in great detail because obviously curious about martina piemonte how she's going to do for everton and brighton looked like a completely new team i was really really impressed um and annoyingly our fantasy football league um we had elizabeth turland but she was on our bench. Really annoying. Really <laughs> she, she had such a good game. Um, so yeah, so Brighton went 2-0 up, um, completely dominated. Everton didn't quite know what to do with themselves, um, but they did manage to get a goal back. Uh, Captain Meg Finnegan um, got, got one in, so it wasn't too much of a deficit. But yeah, if Brighton continue that for the rest of the season, they're, they're still contenders to be a dark horse, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think... This is the thing where you've got the top four, you know who the top four contenders are going to be. You kind of know who are going to be fifth, um, obviously yours, um, if not higher. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, if not higher. Um, and then the rest of it, it's all up for, up for anybody who's up for it. And I think that Brighton can definitely do that. They're having a real turnaround of fortune. So it's great to see um, new staff, new players and everything. So fingers crossed it'll keep uh, moving forward yeah started very very strong haven't they and then on to another really good start Leicester who we said actually they've done a bit of business um predicted that actually we need to focus on being more um need to communicate more we need to get those rhythms together and be able to take those points and challenge for the teams around us and yes, they were playing Bristol, and no offence to Bristol, but we knew it was probably going to be hard for them to come up. Um, but Leicester did win 4-2. Um, so how do you feel about that as an opening game for Leicester-Bristol, score-wise? Um, Does it tell us anything, a 4-2? It shows that Leicester are here to prove a point. Uh, Bristol have uh, made some key signings as they transition to the WSL. Um does kind of show a little bit of intent because if we look back to last season and Liverpool were the um, newly promoted team and they won. Um, so it's it, it's great to see 
Um, Leicester doing really, really well. Um, but also Bristol getting two goals because it shows they've got the potential to grow into this league. Uh, whether it'll be enough to stay up, time will tell. But it's great that Leicester have you know got three points on the board. Absolutely. And when you look at the, the table now, unfortunately, with the likes of Villa, Arsenal, etc. getting beaten, this is the part where, you know, in a 22-game season, every single point counts, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so very strong starts for both Leicester and Brighton. Now, Chelsea, the Chelsea-Tottenham match, I went into it maybe naively thinking okay well Chelsea Tottenham judging Spurs kind of end of last season there's still not really any competition for Chelsea just as the way things stood we thought you know Beth England's still out um maybe out for a while I don't think we know do we how long she's out for no and they they mentioned it as um a minor hip and then someone Mm. said that she's had a a new hip so there's a bit of confusion as to what exactly she's had done. What a difference. Because one yeah. is like minor keyhole and hopefully she'll be back, you know, before Christmas. And the other one is like Easter and it's like, and that's at a push. So I don't know what it is. And to be fair, it's not really our business, but it would be nice to be given an update as to when she'll be coming back. Because I think Tottenham will really miss her, not just how she plays and, and the, the leadership she has um on the pitch but the leadership she has off the pitch and I think that, that is going to be a big um missing point for Spurs until she's back and I just just hope that I mean she'll do everything she can from the sidelines because she's just that type of person and we love her but I uh, love her for it but uh, yeah I'm I think she's gonna be a big miss but you know Spurs have done business um and they do stand a fighting chance so be good to see how they come together. Yeah, definitely. That leadership you're talking about, she's, we talked about it last time, didn't we? She's so, when she speaks, you listen and she's so commanding yeah. on the pitch. So yeah, she's going to be a massive miss. Um, but there, she's got two vice captains with her who will hopefully channel her um, on the pitch. And like you said, she'll, she'll definitely be there. I saw some images of her in, in the gym. So she's back, she's kind of building up again and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but as you were talking, I was just looking and a, a lot more are saying undergone a minor surgery on her left hip and will be out for the beginning of the season. So beginning of the season, how long's a piece of string? Yeah, just, I mean, that could be anything, couldn't it? Um, so yes, we wish her a speedy recovery and all the best because we, we need to see her back on the pitch soon. However, someone's praises I will sing for Spurs, Martha Thomas. Yeah. Now... We we really liked her last season at United, didn't we? And we, we said she was a threat, um, but she wasn't getting the minutes. So when she signed for Spurs, we were like, right, okay, get you, you know, get you into the starting 11 um, and sure what you can do. And my God, did she. Um, so she got their goal back. Um, and honestly, she, she was their biggest threat on the pitch. Um, and Chelsea, not that they often look worried, but she definitely stretched them and she made it a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. Um, so yeah, you excited to see how Martha Thomas progresses? Yeah, I think, I think there's a few players at United last season that were underutilised, um, which we'll come on to a bit later when we talk about Adriana Leon. But um, I think Martha Thomas, she doesn't get the recognition that she deserves and it's great to see her 
Spurs. But also, it's great to see Spurs being in a position where they're getting the service. Because last season, Beth was not getting the service. And if Martha's getting the service, and then they bring Beth back as well, then that will push them right up the table. And there won't be last game fighting for survival kind of situation they'll be really high up but no I'm really keen to see Ash as well and I really wanted to do well um I've seen her play for country and she's been brilliant so just want to see her succeed again another another name a bit like Kirsty Hansen was yeah. underrated not really that well known but now really coming to the to the fore um and really fighting for a place um, just wanted to mention Chelsea a little bit because they announced that Sam Kerr would not be fit yeah. to play in their opening game. And that kind of, obviously not for Emma Hayes, like she, she doesn't worry, does she? Um, but maybe a ripple of nervousness, a bit star strikers out, who's going to come in. And then Minnie Fischel made her debut. Um, now we talked about her before a little bit in our in our transfer pod and we said, you know, she's come from Tigres, I believe, uh, in Mexico, and still very, very young. I think she's 22, 21, yeah. 22. And she then came in as Sam Kerr's replacement. And it was like, okay, big shoes to fill. What are you going to do with it? Uh, what is she going to do? Scores. <laughs> scores on her debut at Stamford Bridge at the club that she supported since childhood. So what do you think that's going to do for her confidence? I think, I think that's just a dream. I think if you if you said that to um, a little boy, then he'd be like, wow, that's amazing. It could only be topped off by scoring for, you know, their English, England at Wembley. Um, but for a little girl, um, for someone who, you know, the, the little girl inside her wouldn't have had that dream becoming a reality when she was little. And that just makes it even more special. Um, and I think it'd be a really special moment for her and her family to achieve that. And, you know, the games come on a lot and the youngsters that we see at the games now, they can dream, they can believe. But this generation is still that are playing now are still the ones that when they were little, they didn't have that visibility. And I think that's just shows how far the game's come but for her and her confidence it's going to be through the roof and with with Sam Kerr we know it's a Sam Kerr show at Chelsea we know there's a lot of pressure on Sam to deliver um when they panic when she's out but to come in and be a statement signing and be like yeah I'm here to stay here to fill these boots then that'll give her the confidence and hopefully it'll give Emma confidence to know that when Sam isn't okay then they've got an alternative that can deliver yeah like she can be rested like yeah. it's not the end of the world without her so yeah and uh i really like what you said there about you know for most young girls playing at stanford bridge wasn't even a reality was it yeah. it just wasn't wasn't an option so the fact that she's been able to do that um and live her dream on her debut it's like someone had like written it in the stars isn't it um that that she would come in and do that so yeah so keep your eye on me official this season it we talked about the way emma here's works last time and kind of how she plans years in advance for these players and maybe sends them on lawn for a couple of years until they're ready to wear a chelsea shirt but she's brought mia straight in and straight into the start 11 and you know, maybe if Sam was fit, maybe she wouldn't have got that chance. So actually, maybe Sam being out and being able to rest a little bit, it's actually been a blessing in disguise and it's worked. Yeah. Um, 
And it was interesting. Um, we talk about Arsenal in a second, but they were talking about um, last night. So we are recording this um, as game week two has technically, well, it has kicked off. Um, so we're kind of reflecting back on game week one and we'll talk about game week two in a bit. But they said at the Man United Arsenal match last night, which we can talk about in a bit, um, that really in the modern game, you need two players for every single position and confident two players in every single position because if you get injuries, which we've seen, especially at Arsenal, it's been an absolute endemic, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, you need players to be able to fill those roles and not kind of shoehorn them in. They need to understand, they need to work well in those positions. And um, Emma Hayes is doing Emma Hayes things. Yeah. And, uh, and she's got her mini Sam Kerr <laughs> in me official. So yeah. Um, now, mentioning Arsenal, game week one for Arsenal didn't properly go to plan. Now, they got kicked out of the Champions League um, very early before the season even began. So that definitely would have knocked them in their confidence and kind of right okay what's what's our starting 11 what what are we you know who are we as a team and sites would then be set on winning the wsl right this is our league run now nothing else can get in the way maybe conti cup but yeah um you know we've got the league to focus on um they're at the emirates fifty-five thousand run attendance which i mean those numbers are incredible um however liverpool did it again yeah they won against the top teams for the second season in a row um how how did you feel about that result i don't know how much you saw of it but how what what is that going to do for both teams the one nil liverpool win at the emirates that was a bit of a shocker for me because i've said arsenal this side of christmas are going to struggle um We've seen how they were set up the Champions League and it just, it wasn't clicking. There were too many injuries, too many key players out, um, too many tired legs. Um, it just wasn't the right time for them. They just all need, you know, two weeks at Adidas headquarters and playing volleyball and resting and eating ice cream. They just need a break. Because um, some of them haven't even had a day off. I think Leslie didn't get a day off at all. She just went straight from England camp to at the World Cup straight into training and it's not good for any of them. Um, so I was kind of thinking Arsenal were going to struggle and then I've said it all along, i said it in other pods about the fact they've got Viv out and Viv is the glue that makes them work and the oil that makes them tick and I just think that they are missing, you know, not having Leah, not having Beth, not having Viv, it's, it's quite a big loss. Um, so I was kind of expecting a draw. I wasn't expecting a win, but then mm. see that win come through. I was like, "Ooh!" And that, that to me was um, a good thing for uh, Liverpool because it means they're here to stamp a claim. And, and last season they were inconsistent, and that's why they finished lower than some of their big games, bigger games. Um, would have put them, he would have thought they were finished. So I think Liverpool is quietly making moves. Um, but no, I'm I'm pleased with Liverpool. I'm gutted for all the Arsenal fans that went because um, they expect more. But it's nice to have 
Arsenal not winning everything. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'll probably get shot by the Arsenal fans. But it's nice to have someone different winning the points. And it shows how even this league is becoming now. So, yeah, that's my, my two pence. No, it's, it's a strange, isn't it? Because you want... Again, we've talked about this before, kind of Arsenal on paper, they've got such a high player value. They've got such quality. It's about Jonas finding what his starting level looks like and who's going to be the best in the current situation. We know Beth's nearly ready to come back, but not going to be pushed back. Viv, a bit further away, but still back in training. Leah has said after Christmas, you know, don't even talk to us about football <laughs> until then. Um, because, you know, no one would ever want to rush them, no. rush them back, no matter how much Beth wants to get back on the pitch. Uh, you know, in due time, in due time, Absolutely. Beth. It's about finding their identity without their key players and who's going to work the best. And I think Jonas is doing, because um, he's just signed a longer term contract. Yeah. I think he's put together a, a good team and... And I think in previous years, there would have still been fine. But I think the quality of the game has just completely jumped. We've seen that with Liverpool. Bit of a bit of a mistake at yeah. the back. And defence is a bit wobbly. And then goals go in. And unfortunately, it doesn't matter how well you play, how much possession you've got, what your stats are. If that goal goes in, that's what counts, doesn't it? So yeah. It's... And we've seen that it happen, like, although we're a little bit further on from game week one, we've seen that be their downfall again, shall we say, which we'll pick up either in, later yes. in this podcast or the next one. But, you know, it's something that they need to work on at the back. They've got new mm-hmm. things, they've been great, but it's just getting that balance and they seem really nervy and on edge rather than settled and mm-hmm. confident like they used to be. Yeah, and you think, you know, they've got that kit they've got is so ingrained in victory and you know oh what words on the and invincibles yeah is that what's on the mm-hmm. kit and there's the lightning bolts on the socks and you just think you're ready to go you know you're ready for war in this case um you know and they've got it in them and you're right they look a bit nervy and look a bit they just need you know good i was gonna say a clip around the ear but yeah good clip around the ear like right come on you can do it. Let's go. You can um, see the difference at not having Rafa in that back lot yes. makes. Yes. It shows you how good a player she was for them and, and she still is. So, And I think having both her and Leah out is too much of a miss and that's why they're a bit shaky. And then if you're if you're building a, a brick wall and you've got Zinsberg at the bottom or Sabs and then you've got your defence and your concrete mix isn't that good and it's a bit fragile and everything else falls down when you put weight on it and it fractures and it, it gives and then mistakes happen and that's what's happening um without going too deep um for a second yeah, but yeah that's, that's what i just it's, it's just that they're, they're really fragile and it's such a shame because mm. there's so many good players there yeah, and there's been doubts over Zinsberger as well, hasn't there? Yeah. Um, I've never really had an issue with her. I think she's quite good. Um, but then again, the level is increasing. Is she elite world-class level when you compare her to Anne Katrenberger, Musevic, uh, when you compare her to Hannah Hampton, Van Domsela? And it, 
we said, and again, we'll talk about it when we go on to the Villa United match, but if we didn't have Dom Slar and goal, that goal difference would have been a lot higher. Um, because again, a goalkeeper is not separate. They're, they're your defence. They're, they're an extended part of that, aren't they? So you can't, if your last line of defence has gone, you need your goalkeeper to be to be there and to be your, you know, your last saving grace. So, so yeah, so we will see how the Hall Zinsberger D'Angelo um, saga works out. And if in fact, maybe someone new comes in, in January, because um, he, he doesn't seem to have that much confidence in either of them no. at the moment, I think. So it's, so that will be an interesting one to follow. But yeah, congratulations to Liverpool, starting off well, starting off strong. Um, and yeah, maybe another steady steady points going through and hopefully they get that consistency that they were missing last season the next up then the last one before we talk about the villa game was man city and west ham so this one i was really excited to watch because jill road coming back um of course straight into the starting 11 uh going back to your lovely um analogy of um because she is she's world class isn't she she just gets on the pitch and of course she scores doesn't she um what a goal it was as well and again really strong really dominating west ham were all right um but i think and we talked about it in in the transfer pod again rianne skinner hasn't had much time with them so it was going to be interesting to see what the team were gonna actually produce and how they were going to work together. Does she understand them yet? And that kind of thing. Um, so overall, um, did you get to see anything of that match and kind of a 2-0, would you expect it? I, saw, in West Ham? I saw the goals and um, I I wasn't sure which Man City would turn up. The Man City of the first half of last season or the Man City of the second half of last season. And it was a Man City of the second half of last season that turned up. And I was really impressed. And I thought that they were moving forward. They've lost their big players in Stanway and Walsh. Um, they've had Steph Houghton out injured. And I just think having all these players back um, and playing has been, you know, and adding Jill being their only signing, it's a bit like, you know, are they a bit overconfident in their ability or are they genuinely there for the game? You know, have they given up on the WSL with the funding being pulled? And then to watch them play, I was like, now the magic's back here. So it was a really, bits that I saw in the highlights, it was a really good game. But for West Ham, I was a little bit worried. Um, mm. But it's early days. And like you said, Rianne Skinner hasn't had long with them. And I think the January window will be where she will start doing her business as to who she's going to bring in to strengthen to keep them up this season. Yeah, because she'll have a chance by then to kind of know, okay, where are my gaps? Where, yeah. What do I need? What What do I need to do? Because, yeah, if you haven't got time, you haven't got time for transfers, have you? You've just got to kind of work with what you've got and hope and pray for the best. But, yeah, um, Lisa Evans has always um, put in a really good shift. Um, Sissoko as well um, was brilliant. Another really physical player um as we saw to our despair last season um but yeah i think if west ham get it together they should be taking points off those around them so i think at this point maybe man city just a bit too bit too far ahead of them yeah um quality wise um but you'd hope 
um, for games like your Leicesters, your Everton's, your um, I'm gonna say even Brighton. Hmm, gonna be harder against Brighton, but they they should be able to pick something up um, because they do they do have some skill there. Um, but I am. We said, didn't we? By Christmas, they might they might be in trouble. Um, but yeah, but fingers crossed, they do some good business in January. However, one thing I did want to talk about, um, Lila Wabi, she got a straight red card. And it wasn't the only red card of the weekend either. Um, so we'll go into what Gareth Taylor thought of that when we compare it to our other red card we're going to talk about. Um, but yeah, she got a straight red card for kind of kicking out against um, Emma Harry's. Um, so it was, it was a bit naughty, it was a bit cheeky, but whether it was a harsh red or not, of course, is going to be widely debated. So let's go to the big one, shall we? Um, so now we really want to talk about Villa versus Man United. Now this was at Villa Park. We were there and we met up with the Aston Villa women's fan club beforehand. So hello to Tracy and everyone who um, is part of the group and made us feel very, very welcome. So thank you very much. Um, Absolutely loved it. And the atmosphere was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was 12,500, I believe, attendance, which again, brought records for Villa Park. Uh, Just showing that when Villa Park's easier to get to, we can get the people in. <laughs> um, but yeah, nothing against Bescott, of course. But but yeah, a fantastic atmosphere. Love seeing everyone. Um, shout out to the Man United fans, actually, in this game. They didn't stop singing the whole way through. They were brilliant. Um, and sold out away end. I think it was 3,000 um, in their away end. Yeah. Um, it was that lady sat by us, wasn't there? And she was just singing the whole way through. I couldn't concentrate because she was singing. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to join in with you in my head because yeah. <laughs> I can't beat you. I'm going to have to just join you, even though it's not my team. Um, but yeah, yeah they, they were all really passionate. And it was great to see. Really great to see. And it's that positive, passionate fan yeah. fandom that, that we want, isn't it, in the women's game? Um, but yeah, they were brilliant. Of all ages as well. Yes, absolutely. Um and, you know, we had very young children. We had the older end of the scale, shall we say? Is that a particularly correct way of saying it? Uh, but yeah. More mature. More mature. Yeah, more mature end of the scale. More definitely mature. not us. Uh, we're definitely not mature. Um, but yeah, it was just brilliant seeing such a wide range of people there. Lots of families, lots of groups. Um, and all out to celebrate Villa. Um, so we knew going into it, that we'd made some fantastic signings. United have also made some fantastic signings and we knew it was going to be tough. And we predicted 2-2, didn't we? Yep. 2-1. So let's talk about it as a game of two halves. So we wrote about this in our blog. So if you would like to read up uh, our in-depth analysis, um, you can find it in, uh, we post the link to it on our Twitter or our X page um, and also on our Instagram as well. The link is on there if you want to have a read. So what we managed to do in the first half, because it ended nil-nil, didn't it? Yeah. How do you think Villa started? Was it what we expected compared to Man United? How did that first half feel for you? So that first half, I thought we had the better of the chances. I thought we were quite... <sighs> At least Lehman. Quite threatening, yeah. Um. I thought if we'd scored our chances, 
um, it would have changed the direction of the second half. Um, would it have made United more hungry, more impatient, more um, with purpose? Quite possibly. Definitely would have rattled them. Um, but also, I was quite surprised to see that Mark Skinner had played um conservative team. Um, he kept all his big names on the bench um, rather than taking a risk and starting them, which I thought was a bit... I, I thought we would have seen a few more bigger names and I thought they would have been a bit more aggressive in that first half. Um, Who would you have put? Um, Mallard was floating about, but isn't Mallard injured? Um, but uh, she So she came on last night, um, but yeah, she wasn't in the... Um... She wasn't in the subs. And then there's the the Japanese golden boot winner who Mayazawa. Yep. And I really wanted to see her. I wanted to see, she came out on, but I wanted to see more of her. Um and I think that he could have maybe been a bit more attacking minded with this starting. But I get the logic of be conservative, see how the game plays out. Villa are a bit of a bogey team for mm. a lot of top four clubs. See how it plays out and then bring on the new players and drip feed them in rather than throwing them all in. Because if you throw them all in at once, you take a risk that it will go wrong. And it's all about getting points on the table to win the title for them. So I get why he did that, but I was a bit surprised that he was so conservative. But from a Villa perspective, it was frustrating. I thought we could have had one, maybe two goals. Um, but yeah, Alicia Lehman... If that had fallen to Rachel Daly, that would have been in. Um, but it just made me feel like it wasn't our day and like that was the start of things to come. Because um, Alicia normally finishes those in training. So, yeah, yeah. What, what about you? Yeah, I think that first half when it when it was nil-nil and we'd yeah. both teams had had that many chances... And I was generally thinking, is is this how it's going to be today? Is it going to be, you know, just one mistake um, that kind of seals it? And technically it was. Um, but yeah, the fact that we managed to hold United and they managed to hold us in return till nil-nil, until the 76th minute, I think that just shows how far both teams have come. Because yes, we've always <laughs> lost in the past. Um, Five nil seems to yeah, you know yeah. keep cropping up, but this isn't that team. This is not the team of the past anymore. And so, because before it would have been you know a couple of goals down, we would have been, wouldn't it? Um, so the fact that it was that tight all the way until the seventy sixth minute, when Rich Daly scores an yeah. absolute blinder as she's turning, as she's falling, and manages and manages to get it in. And I think in that second half, both teams came out fighting, didn't they? They were like, right, okay. We're not happy with the draw. We we both want to win. We both want the points. And then we lead to the 74th minute. So two minutes before Rich yeah. Daly scores. And the turning point in the match. And we're still heartbroken about it. Um, we've had many conversations with many different people since about it, haven't we? So let's talk about it. Oh, Kirsty Hansen, the muscles of Scotland, are one of our favourite players. So glad she signed for us permanently. She goes in for the challenge and high knee. So therefore high boot. I thought it was a boot. Eh? Was it high knee? Was it high knee? I thought it was a high, high boot. High knee, yeah, because they both kind of jump up and she kind of 
she clatters really loud with her knee. Um, now we it we all saw it happen on kind of the replay and kind of slow motion. I think the way Haley Ladd fell made it look worse than it was. Not since she put it on, but kind of the way she ended up on the floor. But Kirsty Hansen, and we always said this about tackles, don't we? If you go, oh crap, sorry, like that, yeah, okay. Um, you know what you've done straight away. And Kirsty did that, didn't she? Um, she yeah. knew she'd gone maybe a bit too late. Um, and we thought, okay, yellow, because yeah, that could have that could have been nasty. Um but the ref pulls out a red. So thoughts on, and again, people, especially United players, have been kicking off about this and saying, well, you know, it's high knee, high boot, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's it's a red and it's, you know, black and white, it's a red. So yeah, okay. Um, but then it comes into play about, well, was it violent conduct? Was it intentional? Was it this? Was it that? So for these decisions, do we have to be black and white about it and take out all the motion or do we have to interpret it as what was the intent behind it? I think it's really hard, isn't it? Because I think Percy went for that ball and thought she'd get there first. Yeah. And didn't realise how fast Hayley Ladd was coming in. But Hayley Ladd, like Farrah Williams said, made a bit of a meal out of it, which is part of the territory of the game. Um, it's a bit dirty, but you've got to milk it a little bit. And I think because she milked it a little bit, that was the reason, and the way she fell was the reason why it went straight red. Um, but there's like in this last week, there's been another game, um, which I want to bring in. In um, I think it's America with racing Louisville, Louisville. and um, yeah, I, I, sorry, Louisville. Um, and um, Yuchenna Kanu, apologies if I've said your name wrong, Yuchenna, um, did a high kick to Tiana Davidson's face. And if you watch Oh, that, I think I saw that, yeah. And, and, and she literally kicks her in the head. Mm. And I just think she's got a red card for that. You know, they've both gone for the ball, but it's in the penalty area. It's, you know, you don't do defend as a defender, you don't do challenges like that. You don't do a kick that high unless you're the only player there or you're doing a bicycle kick. And even with a bicycle kick, it's very dangerous. Mm. You just don't do it. Um, and you have to just forfeit it and lose the goal. Um, but I look at what Kirsty did and I'm like, one's got malice, one's not. One is very dangerous play one is not and I just look at it and think I know they're two different leagues the two different sets of rules but I feel like Kirsty's been failed by the FA here because it's not a three match red card it's a one match red card um and and yeah and and, and also you know the player that actually does it with intent malice of um in the American one she only gets a one match ban and it's like, yeah. do we need to be a little bit more consistent across all our leagues with our rules? You know, handball's a handball in in every country that you play, unless you're playing handball, obviously. But, um, you know, like, should we be a bit more consistent with our, our reffing? But I just I just think, like, if you just compare the two in the same way, like, there's night and day difference. And we know Kirsty's not a nasty player. 
she gets passionate, she gets focused, she forgets where she is sometimes, but she's not malicious at all. If she gone in with malice, fair enough. And when we look at the Tooney challenge last season where that girl got um Tooney got red carded for pushing a girl down mm. and I've forgotten who which player it was. And then they replayed it and decided that the other players' theatrics got Tooney sent off and gave her a red, a red card and a three-match ban as punishment and to make a statement of simulation stuff. And I'm just thinking, last season you did that, this season you're doing this, and the Man City game, and where's the consistency? And this is something which we've talked about a lot about refereeing, and it really grinds our gears about there's, there's no consistency in refing, and we saw it in that game at the weekend. There's no consistency in the refing between the two teams. It was like different rules for different teams, depending on what colour shirt you were wearing. And that's not in a, a bit of biased way, because there were things that we did wrong that weren't picked up on as well. But Mayor Letizia grabbing and body checking Ebony Salmon completely. It's a yellow card. There were two occasions where she's done things that were very dubious. Both yellow cards, two yellow cards is a red mm. card. Game changer. Putting a player on a yellow mm. card is a game changer. You've got Alicia Lehman being headbutted in the, what I call the hump, hunchback hump of your back, yep. the, the little lump at the top of your neck. She got headbutted there. Lucy Staniforth got clattered on the touchline in front of Carla Ward, and we all thought she got a broken mm. leg by the sound it cracked. And it's like all these challenges have been flying in, and nothing is being done. And it's not to be bitter. If they'd been picked up on, like if they'd been you know, two red cards and a load of yellow cards in that game, I would not have been surprised. I would have been like, well, that's the way the game is. Because that's how physical it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd have been okay with that because it would have been fair refereeing. But you can't go and do Kirsty for what is essentially a yellow card challenge and stern words of do it again, you're off, which Kirsty would take on board and be like, yeah, absolutely ref, and then not do Mayer who then subsequently, which will come on to another podcast, goes and does exactly the same the following week with a dodgy challenge, doesn't get the ball, gets the player, last minutes of the game, and it ultimately would have given Arsenal the points. So, you know, are these players getting away with more than they should be? And is it depending on the colour of the shirt? Are we seeing what happens in the men's game, in the women's game? Or do we just need full-time refs? Like Tyler Ward said, we need to invest in, in the refereeing to get it to a full standard. Um, and like I've said in a, a pod earlier this week, if we invest in our referees, the standard will come right up the same as when we invested in our WSL as pro players. The standard came right up. And it's such a shame. And it showed because the referees were booed off by both sets of fans at the end of the game. And it's... I mean, the fact that we've got a list that long for one game, it just sh- speaks volumes, doesn't it? And so a, a lot of things I wanted to fact check there um, that you were saying. So just so we've got everything. So the Ella Toon red card you were talking about was against Spurs last season against um, Evelina Sumanen. And it looked like she raised her hand to her and Sumanen did go down holding her face. And we saw at the time Tooney kind of go 
oh, what are you doing? Get up. You know what? You know, I didn't touch her. Um, and she was right. Didn't do it. Um, however, in the aftermath of that, it did get overturned, didn't get the red card that got rescinded. So she was available for the match. And then Suminen actually got investigated for um, misleading officials. Um, in this red card, so again, while you were talking, I was looking at the replay and I've kind of watched it forwards and back. And essentially what it does for the people who haven't seen it, um, Kirsty Hansen goes in and it is a high challenge and i'll just describe it so her and Hilly lad are going towards the ball she genuinely thinks she's going to get it like you said Hilly lad's coming at her really quickly so her knee is up therefore boot is up and she gets Hilly lad in what looks like the chest and then Hilly lad is on the floor clutching her face okay um and then as the ref's walking over then she produces the red card and carla ward said afterwards Kirsty Hansen is the least likely person to hurt anyone. It was rash in terms of the decision. The ref has gone to her pocket before the ball has even bounced. It was a poor one. So Carla, obviously fuming, and we saw on the touchline, didn't we, that she was furious. Yeah. Um, and then she also went to say, which backs up what you said about the refs. I will never blame the officials because I do believe the powers that be need to help them. Our officials in this league full time, so it's not on them out there today. It's on the powers that be. I'm bored of talking about it because it has. It's been such an issue for ages. We just want consistency. That's what we keep saying. And so the people saying, you know, it's a high boot, it's a red card, it's black and white. Okay, fine. If it's a red card, fine. But as we've also said, it's a 22 game season. Three matches is a massive impact. Can you remember the stats from the other day? Fourteen percent. So. In in the in the women's game, it's just over fourteen percent of the games are missed in the whole season. Whereas in the men's game, at the same level, it would be six to eight percent of the games that are missed, and that's a massive thing. When you think about how important every single point is, and she's going to be out for some big games yeah. that we really really need her for, um, it's going to be a big big loss, and it's going to be not. The punishment isn't going to be against Kirsty because Kirsty's going to miss the games, yes, but the biggest punishment will be against us losing one of our best players. Um, and I'll, I'll probably get killed for that, but she is one of our best players. And yes. when we haven't played her, she, she, um, it shows. We don't have anyone that can play as, um, how can I wear this, passionately and as hard. Yeah and graft and cover as much grass as the muscles of Scotland. <laughs> There's a reason why she was probably the first player in a long time to challenge Lucy Bronze in that England-Scotland yeah. game. And if you can make Lucy Bronze look average, and this is going to upset the Lucy Bronze ha- uh, lovers, if you can make Lucy Bronze look average, you're something you're special. Sorry, right? yeah. And we could put an England shirt on and play for England um but yeah it's just she is something special and I, I hope that she'll be able to have some R&R and Hugo will give her lots of kisses um but we are all behind her and it's great that the um the club are all behind her I know that the um supporters association uh took us some flowers at Bodymore Heath um I was told reliably informed so hopefully my facts are correct by my 
my my little sauce. Um, but she just took some flowers, and apparently the squad rallied round her to be like, "Look, it's okay." And that's what you want from a squad, and I think that just shows how cohesive this team is and how special the the family yeah. is of of, of that built round her. It's it's going to cost us more than just losing a player. It's, it's going to cost us points having her out for three games. Yeah, for I think it's really a one match ban. And that's what I was then going to come on to. And so with um, Lila Wabi's uh, red card, as we said, for City, Gareth Taylor came out and said, look, it shouldn't be a three-match ban for either Wabi or Hansen um, because they both appealed uh, for a reduction um, and they were both uh, rejected for that. He said there was nothing in either of those red card challenges that was violent or should be classed as violent conduct. Um, so they should have been eligible for a reduction, which, again, he said, in a 22-match season has a massive impact, of course. So, yeah, so managers are coming out and saying that there needs to be consistency. There needs to be just a higher level of, OK, if human errors in the game, we've said before human error happens. Um, but it's a case of if you get things wrong, like we've seen in the men's game recently with VAR, like that's, I mean, that's a whole different kettle of fish. But, um it just needs to be consistent and it's not us as Villa fans going that shouldn't have been a red you know she should have had a red she should have had this whatever it's you know give it fairly if it's a red it's a red if it's a yellow it's a yellow just be consistent across the board and not for whatever color shirt they're wearing because it did feel like 12 against 10 didn't it during that match at times um but I think the team we've got is just going to make them hungrier than ever um, to come back against Liverpool um, tomorrow, because we're recording this on Saturday the 7th. Um, so Liverpool away tomorrow, and then Arsenal at the Emirates next week, uh, which I'm going down to, me, me and my wife are going down, um, which is going to be incredible. In our own little away section, uh, we're going to be singing really loudly for them, because it's going to feel like when um, Kirsty was um, club-tied last year, wouldn't it when she she couldn't play um against united and we really felt it so hopefully we might see small mcgill come back in um if she's okay carrying a knock isn't she so hopefully she'll be yeah there. uh we know maz is hopefully feeling much better um after her illness and and infecting the whole of villa park yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we're blaming maz aren't we for uh for your illness yeah um, forgot about that. Um, and then hopefully no updates on Kenza that I'm aware of. But again, hopefully every day she's getting closer. Um, yeah. Hopefully. So yeah. So again, we've got the quality, we've got the talent. We just need them all back. <laughs> and no yeah for that one. Um, so yeah. So I'll be interested to see kind of how the refs continue for the rest of the season. Um, because we said not to not to single out any refs. We don't want to, you know put any hate or anything anyone's way but it was Rebecca Welsh that was officiating and um, we really liked her at the World Cup and um, thought she was really fair thought she was thought she was really good quality um I think she's from the northeast as well so um big up to her yeah. um but yeah there's just something about that match that just didn't sit right and I think that's why we're not being bitter Villa fans we're just questioning we're putting our neutral hats on, aren't we? And we're saying as a neutral. Yeah, because I think... A game's a game and it's fine if, if you know, it's a game of luck and talent mm. and it's 50-50 luck and 50-50 talent. You hit a ball towards a goal, it goes in, it doesn't. But the issue for us is 
it's 11 versus 11, not 12 versus 11. And when it's 12 versus 11, it's not really mm. fun. It's like um, playing a board game at Christmas with that one uncle that hides the Monopoly money under the under the table, <laughs> isn't it? And you're just like, it's, it's not, not fun playing him because he's always got all the the um house houses or something or buys one house of each yeah. colour so you can't win. You know, it, it it just takes the fun out of it. It, it it's it's just not yeah, fun. Yeah, you know what the outcome's um, gonna be before you even before yeah. you try, yeah. You just need it to be eleven versus eleven and then up to the girls on the pitch and the look on the day as to, you know, how it goes, injuries, goals, talent you know little moments of of magic all that kind of thing um you just need it to be like that and that's what the game's about that's what we go for you know we don't you've, you've got to go with competition in mind but it's, it's no competition if it's 12 v 11 exactly and you know i think not that the ref should ever be influenced by the fans but it was when my literacy did shoulder barge ebony salmon and the whole stadium went Oh, if, you know, if that's the reaction of 12 and a half thousand people, I think something happened, to be honest. Um. <laughs> well, even the United fans were going, oh, which yeah. says a lot, because you wouldn't, you, you just sit there and put your head in your hands or look the other way and go, la, 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 not seeing anything. Um, you wouldn't go, oh, is she okay? Mm. That looked painful. And, you know, and then have the player that's on the ground. So the player that get, has um, that wins the red card gets up within minutes, like a couple of minutes, like literally two minutes. She was up on her feet and fine. Yeah. Ebony Salmon gets absolutely clattered. And then when they finally get her up, she looks like um, a newborn baby and completely concussed and out of it. She wasn't. But she well, that's thing she had to be checked, probably checked for concussion, didn't she? She was yeah, proper yeah. out of it, yeah. <laughs> You know, like a mole that comes up out the ground. She was just like looking around, like, what's going on? Kind of thing, bless the cottons. And you just think she's had a proper clattering. And it knocks her confidence. And it's such mm-hmm. a shame because she was playing so well so at well. that point. And then she started to hold back a little bit. Yeah. And, and yeah, sorry, Ebony, you don't look like a mole. I just meant like the. You could have said like deer in um, headlights. You could have yeah, said a mere yeah. cat. But no, no, you went with the mole coming out the ground. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Yeah, bargain basement players and then you look like a mole are oh, you doing well um if you if you missed uh lindsay's uh reference to bargain basement players please go back to our um uh guest appearance on the uh, only one united club and i made the reference to the budgets between um chelsea and arsenal that are spending mega books mega mega books on players and then in comparison we have like the Poundland budget, the bargain basement budget for players, but and this is a big but we're spending wisely. We're not just shelling out on a one trick pony. We're bringing in Daphne, um, who's abs- who who probably kept the game at two one for us and f- fantastic. And then we're taking players like Adriana Adriana Le- uh, Leon, um, Lucy Parker, all these type of players that are yeah fringe players that are out of favour but have got a lot to give and would you know really fit in well to what we're building and it's a consistency isn't it you don't want three world-class players you don't want three Panilla Harders and then 10 people from your local grassroots that are going to play in the Champions League week in week out because 
it's not going to be a consistent team. You want a consistent team and that that's what we've got and that's what we're building for. So the players aren't bargain basement players because they're all really good. But you look at what we've got and the money we've actually spent on players compared to Arsenal. You know, they spent, mm. you know, hundreds on Lesse, just as an example. There's hundreds spent on Sam Kerr and you just and hundreds spent on, on Jace and you just think all this money's spent on these players and then, you know, we get Daphne for I'm guessing less and as a result she's saving more goals than they're scoring and winning us more points than they're scoring and he's the better player and the better bargain so you know Carla's doing good business but it's just the budgets that they're just not there so that is what I was trying to get across I wasn't calling our players bargain basement players (laughs) because I love all of them and they're all fantastic and I wouldn't change a single one of them Yeah, right. Let's quickly talk about um, Lucy Parker and Adriana Leon. We've mentioned them briefly, but Lucy Parker comes in from West Ham. We yeah. we liked what we saw at West Ham, but clearly a lot of potential we did not see because that player right there, she needs to be properly yeah. in the England squad and getting minutes. And because, you, well, we said yeah. she was such and a work horse, didn't we? We were expecting... Because until the lineup, we were like, what, five in defence? And then when, when they started the lineup, we were like, oh, okay, all right then. Versatile player. We've seen this before with Rachel Downey. Fantastic. Let's see how it goes. We've seen her play for England. seen a little bit of her. Um, we like what we see with West Ham. So, you know, we're all for it. Gaffer's um, trusting her. Fantastic. Let's see how it goes. I've never seen a player battered and bruised across a whole pitch how she hasn't got broken ribs, I have no idea. But she just kept coming back for more. You know, Teddy Chubbies that do again and again. <laughs> she just started getting up every single time. She's like, let's go again, again. And, you know, players like that, I love seeing players. She's like, oh, same as Kirsty Hansen. They both just get up and let's go again. Rachel Daly's the same. Gets kicked down, comes back fighting. And I just love seeing players that, I like that. And she's just brilliant, brilliant player. Looks nothing like a teddy tubby, but, you know, brilliant player. Um, and I just thought, that World Cup that we've just been at, mm. we miss Kira Walsh. Yeah. And would Lucy Parker have been better than Katie Zellum? I know that's a very controversial mm. comment to make, mm. but the way she was playing, I was like, We've seen this player before. It's a bit Kira Walshy, it's a bit Jordan Nobsy, and it's a little bit Lucy Staniforth. Now, yeah. is this a player that we're having to develop so that when Jordan and Lucy decide to hang up their boots or their contracts aspire takes over from them, or is this a player that's going to lead that midfield? And I was like, oh, this is quite interesting. I quite like this. And she was brilliant. She put in some fantastic balls. She got into a stride the second half. First half, she was a bit nervous. Second half, she was all over that pitch. And I know we gave player of the match to Dan Turner for a fantastic shift, but she was a very close second. And for all that kicking, I just hope that the physio um, patched her back up because she must have some serious bruising going on on her body from all those kicks and everything and she was winded at least three times bless her cotton so I just hope she's alright yeah because I um, just going back to say about what you said about the World Cup I think last summer I think Katie Zellum 
would have still been the right choice. But I think from now on, now Lucy Parker's getting the minutes and getting this higher level, sorry, West Ham, um, of development and skill and playing with these players. I think she's definitely in contention um, for, for more Nations League minutes, especially. Um, so that'll be interesting in, um, oh, this month, actually, um, in Leicester against Belgium. Yeah. Yep. And then again in Wembley against the Netherlands. Um, I think that's going to be phenomenal um, to see if she she can get in to those upper echelons. Um, that because she should. She's a phenomenal player, and that's what we need. We need another player like Lucy Bronze, who just barrels through, doesn't care. And that's what I I do like about Maya Letizia, that she's not afraid of attack. Yeah. She's not afraid to defend. She's brilliant in defence, but that was a bit naughty that she shoulder barged uh, Ebony Salmon because the ball wasn't nearer. That's our issue. It's the fact that it's not even like last ditch defending where you think, ah, oh, might as well give it a go. That she didn't have the ball. <laughs> she was nowhere near it. Was potentially a goal scoring opportunity. It was an off the yeah. ball incident with a goal scoring opportunity. And then there was a tackle on Rachel Downey that it depends on which angle you look at it. She it was gets the, the angle, ball, wasn't it? doesn't get the ball. Yeah. And then just the same the following week. And it's great. She's not afraid to put a tackle in, but she needs to be a bit more accurate with getting the ball um, before the player rather than taking the player out and then getting the ball, which is what, you know, I, I played in defence. I used to love that. Take the player out and get the ball and run off with it. It's fantastic. But, you know, when she's playing for England, we don't want to send off. So can she not be... Um, we've got young listeners, so I won't use the word that... Um, uh, that that is used in football, but um, poo house. Um, we, we don't want much much of that. Um, yeah, we'll use the polite term. Don't put your head in your hands and look at me like that. Um, but yeah, that kind of behaviour, the adult listeners will understand. Um, yeah, that 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 behaviour. Okay. We want it. We want We're it refined, yeah. don't we? Yes, that's what we want. Because, and again, for any United fans watching, she is brilliant. We are not disputing that at all uh, we just need it a bit more refined and not take out rage to these legs in the process that'll be great right. um so yes so as it stands um let's look i did have it up let me call this out right so as it stands um because as we are recording this like we said um game week two has essentially started because United start their Champions League campaign on Tuesday, Wednesday, I want to say. And so as it stands, because Man United played an extra game, they are in the lead, they are top. Leicester are second, Man City are third, and Brighton are fourth, Chelsea fifth. Okay. Um, however, Brighton and Chelsea are on the same points, so it's purely alphabetical for those. Um, without any points on the board, Villa, Everton, Tottenham, Bristol, and West Ham. Um, Arsenal picked up a point last night with the draw um, with Man United. But what we'll do, we'll talk about that in our next podcast following game yeah. week two. Um, we did want to do a couple of championship shout outs, so didn't we? Um, because yeah. at the end our of Villa the season... Girls. What was that, sorry? Our Villa girls. Our Villa girls, yes. Uh, at the end of last season, a lot of our favourites um, did leave Villa, unfortunately. But we are keeping tabs on them, aren't we? Um, so we just wanted to have a little roundup of some players that um, we are hoping the best for. Um, Izzy Goodwin, 
um, went to Sheffield United and you know a bit more than me. So did, is he come through the academy? I can't quite remember. Yes. And she was very good and she has some senior minutes uh, for us. Um, she's very tall, um, but she's good at very, very, very tall. And if you put a ball in uh, anywhere near her head, it's going in the goal. She's, she's quite good. Um, she's having an absolute storming season there with them absolutely doing herself yeah. proud and justice um she's also been to um Cov, which are now rugby i think uh, they've changed their name um and she had a good se- yes. uh, end of the season there so yeah i'm really really pleased to see her doing well really nice girl um puts a shift in nice you know nice in the dressing room to have around so i'm just really pleased for her and i'm hoping if Sheffield United don't come up to WSL, that someone scouts her from another club and brings her to the WSL um, and, and yeah. develops her further. Because I think she's only a young player. She has the potential to not be the top of the league, but sort of the middle to the bottom teams. I think she's got the potential there. Yeah, she's got a really good bit of raw talent, hasn't she? That needs to be developed, and Sheffield seemed to be the perfect place for her to do that. So, yeah, I think she got their first goal of the season as well, so she really, really started off off bright. So, well done, Izzy. Uh, We are are following uh, your progress. Um, We did mention Freya Gregory as well, um, who was a regular last Mm -hmm. season for us, but she's gone off to Reading on loan for the season. Um, And again, she's having a really good season, isn't she? Yes, she's been nominated for Player of the Week. Um, in the first match week, um, but I'm not sure who won it um, in the end. But um, she scored an absolute worldie. Like I was like, that's the Freya that we all know and love. And and last season she was played by illness, and I think that might knock her confidence a little bit. So it's great to see mm. her out at Reading, um, building her confidence up, playing at a lower level where she's got more time to think about what she's doing. And also shine. This is what we want to see with players when they go on loan. When they go out on loan, we don't want them to just sit back and be like, yeah, 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 and just be middle of the road. We want them to go there and really shine because that proves that they're ready to come back into our squad because we're not bottom of the league anymore. And with what we're trying to build, we want good players. And if you know she can go away, get a good season behind her, you know, be you know player of the season, keep playing as she's playing, then she's got grounds to force her way back into that match day squad, which, you know, we'd love to see because we don't want to lose players, um, not not our own players. So it'd, it'd be good to see, really good to see. So I'm really hoping for good things for her this season and also that she stays um, illness-free and injury-free because she's had enough of that the last two years. So Absolutely. And again, getting those regular minutes um, in a team that really appreciates her. Um, and I think after everything Reading's been through, um, they, they need someone like Freya, don't they, to to help hopefully boost their ranks back up again. Consistency and quality, isn't it? And that's what she brings. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so Freya, we are keeping an eye on you. Um, next up, Remy Allen went to Birmingham City. They had a bit of a rough start to the championship, uh, but they got their first win of the season um, yeah, last yeah. week. So finally getting points on the board. Um, 
And I think her status on Instagram was something like, yeah, I feel, I feel like 80 this morning. Because <laughs> um, and, we all know Remy puts a shift in, don't we? Uh, really, really missing her. Um, yeah. Do you think if Remy had stayed, um, she would have the impact she did have? Or do you think the talent we've brought in has equaled slash surpassed what Remy had for us? This is a thing. And I was having this debate with myself, um, not that I talked to myself, but I was having this debate with myself. Yeah. Would, does what Lucy Parker brings to the team, is that an upgrade on Remy? Mm. And that was, this is the debate. And I think what Remy brings to the team might be what we've already got in other players, whereas what Lucy brings is something new. Mm. But they both have a really high work rate. Yeah. They both have individual qualities, and I love Remy. I think she's a great player. And I just, with Kirsty out for three games, I can actually see a value in, in us keeping her. I think it was a bit of a loss. I would have kept her for another year and then said at the, at the January window, if it's not working out, we'll send you on loan for six months in the hope that you get a contract at the end. That's what I yeah. would have done. Um, but Carla obviously is doing something and she obviously sees it as hoarding players in, in too many positions. Um, because although Remy says, you know, I feel like I'm 80 and my feet have gone, you know, similar to Leah Galton, Leah Galton after a game, you know, my feet hurt, yeah. I feel old. Um, you know, they're not getting any younger, but it's still a good game in that. And I just think that what she brings we might be missing a trick and this is what I was afraid of now what Lucy brings is fantastic but I'm just thinking Lucy Parker I'm just thinking did we miss a trick in not hoarding her but then if she wasn't going to get the minutes then would we be wrong to keep her as a squad player when she was a squad player last year because of injury would that affect her mental health negatively and would she be better out playing and that is a bit of a I think Remy knows the answer to that question rather than us. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a big loss for me losing her. Out of everybody that went, she was the one that I wanted to keep hold of and got a bit upset that we'd lost. So, yeah, um, yeah, a bit of a shame. But it's great to see her doing well at Blues, um, even though Blues, Villa, uh, conflict. Uh, but the different library. leagues is fine. We can support both. It's all good. But um, I think, you know, it's great to see her her doing well and getting the game time and being given the respect that she deserves because, you know, she's been in England international when she was younger. So, you know, she can play at that top level. So I want, you know, I really want her to do well. And what she'll bring to that blue squad, which is quite a strong squad this season, yeah. is an extra bit of game management and, and knowledge and what she will impart to the younger players and the players that are developing their game will hopefully stay with them um you know for you know when Remy moves on or whatever then that will stay but hopefully Remy's got a good few more years in her yet so oh definitely like that leadership she's going to bring is going to be phenomenal um and I was just looking at their um starting lineup for their 
for their latest matches and you know she's in it she's she's a starting player for them and um Absolutely. and good on them because she is she's she's great uh but yeah we really really miss remy um so glad that she's um they've got their win and they're they're on board um and the last one we had um two lovely players that went to london city lionesses we had our lovely rusha who we very much yeah. miss um out again with a knock <laughs> um again that girl needs to be wrapped in bubble wrap and taken care of uh but also um cheney has got like a new lease of life in her um they yeah. got so again we're recording this on saturday um they did get beaten today by sheffield um <laughs> izzy goodwin um however uh cheney got got their running goal of the match and she has been a goal scorer in the majority of their matches so um again it just shows you doesn't it kind of players that are unused out with injury maybe not not out of favor but on the periphery um move into a new club and look at look at what she's doing so agree that was best move for Jenny yeah I think so um I don't think moving forward um she's gonna be part of Carla's vision um mm. I don't think she can be competitive enough with what we've got um which is a shame because she's, you know, one of our long, longer serving players and she's done us so well. Mm. So with Cheney, I just think that um, the path that Villa are on and the path that Cheney's on, I don't think they're meeting anymore. And it's a shame, but you saw her confidence drop last season, um, not playing as much. And you see her now mm. and I know she's not a smiler, Um She's got a nice smile, but she's not someone that you see smiling all the time. And I just think that she's got that smile back and that bounce in a step and she looks to be happier. So um, I, I'm just really hoping that it was the right move for her. And the same for Rusha, um, although she's injured again. Um, I think Shabar needs to have a word with her um, and, and get her in, dunk her in that ice bath and tell her she's not coming out so she's wrapped in cotton wool. Um <laughs> but yeah, they've both they've both been really good, both of them. And I think they're playing at a level that's maybe a bit beneath them, but the, the quality in that squad is so good that mm. it's going to catapult them up. So if they don't get promotion this season, then they're still going to get headhunted. Same as Izzy Goodwin. So I'm hoping for good things for both of them. Um, but yeah, it's great to see... Cheney getting minutes and doing so well and banging those goals in like she used to so yeah it was nice to see yeah the old Cheney back and and doing well so well done girls and uh, again in the comments today with um Rusha out because again technically well it's not that game week two it's game week something um but yeah all the comments were saying Rusha we missed you in midfield and it's it just shows the impact that they are having um when they are there and that's, yeah. that's what we want isn't it them to be doing well finding a team that really appreciates and able to give yeah. them those minutes um because they should be playing they are very very good players um so we will wrap that up there so thank you very much again for joining us for our little game week one um recap uh we will be doing another one soon once game week two is complete and we can't wait to see what the weekend has in store. So Villa are away to Liverpool um, tomorrow at time of recording. Um, so yeah, what do we think? So yes, we haven't got Kirsty Hansen. Liverpool started strong. We also started strong. 
So what gives a prediction? Nice and quick. I'm going to say 2-0 Villa. I'm going to be brave. Yeah. Uh, mm, I might agree because yeah, Daphne. Daphne. And I'm thinking Ebony Salmon, Adriana mm. Leon, Simone McGill, Lucy Parker, Jordan Nobbs. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking that's quite a lot of attacking. Yeah. I hope Jordan gets more than five minutes. Yeah. And me. That's what we need. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think Liverpool will push. I think it'll be, yeah. it'll be hard, but I think the goals will be there for us. So, so yeah, so let's go 2-0. And yes. fingers crossed that this prediction actually comes true because we were spot on a lot of the time, weren't we? Yeah. Um, and then Man United kind of took that away from us last time. Um, so, yes, 2-0 uh, for game week two. So, once again, thank you very much for joining us. Um, and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.